Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. We're going to pick up from where we left off last week. Uh, last week, Great. we talked about how you can, if you want to go faster, go sooner, get started. But also acknowledge that sometimes people have rational reasons why they would, would not want to do that, particularly that they, they have a perception that things aren't safe. And so if we, we want to help people uh, put our advice into practice, then we need to help them make it, and we need to help make it safe for them to go sooner so they can go faster. So that's, that's what we're talking about uh, this week. Now, you, you were telling a, a story about how uh, um, you had helped people uh, uh, and provided safety nets and, uh, and, and make, to make it possible to go faster. Uh, well, there's one of my favorite stories, which uh, uh, I've told before on the podcast, and, and that is that um, at an e-commerce company, we had the buggiest system you could possibly imagine. It broke every time we touched it. And what we didn't do was put in place any tests. Okay. <laughs> that that seems un unintuitive. <laughs> exactly. And not, not like me, if you know me, because <laughs> I'm a big fan of automated testing. Um, but uh, we decided that actually um, uh, problems and bugs and errors were uh, okay if we could recover from them fast. So the way we got going quickly with um, revisions and improvements was just to make them. But we uh, made sure that there was a giant red button, and one of my uh, everlasting regrets is, is I didn't get an actual physical big red button because it would have made <laughs> a, such a good point. But we had a virtual one, and um, uh, for those who are more technically inclined, um, it's one of the reasons I think PHP is the world's greatest language. I don't actually, but uh, I think there's... a very great characteristic of it, which is you can uh, uh, do an atomic switch from one version to the other. In other words, without any break in, in the system at all, everybody can start using the new version as soon as uh, you put it live. And the result of that was that you can also go back instantly, and that's what the big red button did. So as uh, we, we made sure the engineers were sitting right near the customer service people, and the moment we crashed the site, the customer service people would start shouting, oh my god, wait, it's broken, oh no, everything's broken. And we'd hit the big red button, we'd say it's better. And then we'd go diagnose. And because we had that safety net, because we had the ability to hit the big red button, we were much braver about making changes. Um, and it would also help that we weren't building a nuclear plant or um, you know, a medical <laughs> device or something. We were building an e-commerce site and, and people were motivated to get deals so that they would hit the refresh button um, if, we, if it was down briefly. I, I really like this story. What I like about, about this story is that it inverts usually how people think about producing safety in a in a cultural sense they usually see that as being the job of of the leadership of the business uh to put in place psychological safety to make a learning culture and it's a, it's seen as a as more of a psychological practice rather than a technical practice and, and what you're doing reminds me of what you know they talk about with race cars you know what's the technology in a race car that allows you to go really fast the brakes. <laughs> it's actually, if you have brakes you can trust, then you can drive faster up until you get to the corners and apply the brakes when you need them. And that's kind of what you've done. You have a technical solution which helps enable you to go faster at other times. And I like that idea that 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 there's different people who will feel unsafe by what's happening. It's a lot of times it's the developers or the team doing the work, but it can also be the business that you're saying like, wait a minute, what? How are we going to be safe if we're going to be going so quickly? And so that this can happen on both sides. I, I had that, I like this topic too because it's something that I feel came up recently for me. Uh, in, in my job, which is I was trying to put in, into place this idea of like, let's get started sooner. And I was working with a team who uh, had many objections to what we were trying to do. And they said, well, isn't this a problem? And this is a problem. And this is a problem. And this is a problem. 
And those were kind of coming up as objections for reasons we couldn't possibly start. And uh, what came to mind for me is a, a model we've talked about before, which is the Toyota Kata. And I said, and this is something that I've introduced with this team before, they were familiar with it. And I said, I hear what you're saying. And in the spirit of the Toyota Kata, and this is almost, I think, a quote from the book almost, which is- The um, link will be in the show notes, of course. Go ahead. Yeah, it, which is, um, yes, there are many obstacles in front of us to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Let's go ahead and make a list and we'll choose which one to start working on first. Having, it, having triggered the objections, right? Having triggered the obstacles and made sure that they, they appear. And so they're actually live in front of us rather than making them theoretical. Yes, that's right. And so in, it, would, it really changed the dynamics that rather than it being a, a, a feeling of, I think, a lack of safety where they're being asked to do something that they didn't know was possible and a concern that they're being asked to do something that's not possible, maybe in the time frame that would wanted, that they is where all these objections were coming from. And once we could acknowledge, like, yes, there are many obstacles, then then suddenly we were on the same page. Great. Now let's start overcoming the obstacles because we're not asking people to violate the laws of physics. You know, we, we want to get started, but realistically, you know, we, we know that not everything is possible. We can't just snap our fingers. We can't have the solution in place on Friday. Build a time machine uh, this sprint. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Squirrel, we're going to be very realistic. You build a time machine and you have three months to do it. It doesn't matter how long you give me. It's um, <laughs> beyond, beyond our current understanding of the laws of physics. But That's right. um, that we're not making those unrealistic demands and the kind of pointy-haired boss syndrome where someone just pounds on the table and says, um, get, get me a, a system that uh, ha has no bugs and um, it, it has to be uh, uh, perfectly configured uh, tomorrow. Uh, th that kind of unrealistic demand is not helpful at all. But what is helpful, and I've done this at several clients, but I have one particularly, particularly in mind, is to set up exactly this kind of um, mechanism and expectation and to institutionalize it. So uh, I know you're setting objectives right now. You've talked about that, and that's a struggle at the company you're at right now. And uh, a lot of my clients have exactly the same challenge. Um, and uh, when I, a client moved to um, experimentation, so they were doing eight to 10 experiments every week, um, trying things live with their customers, many of which failed, of course. Uh, that was good. We wanted things that didn't work so that we could not do those and do something else. Um, the, the objective setting was thrown into a cocked hat. Uh, everyone said, wait a minute, we used to say, we're going to get this result. Now, what do we say? And the uh, uh, secret to uh, addressing that, making it psychologically safe, making it, um, uh, giving the safety net for it, was to change the objectives so they were learn more about this thing, learn uh, how to do this thing. We're going we're to get to the outcome, but what we're not going to do is give a perfect roadmap that's going to somehow magically get us to the result. That never happens anyway. What we're going to do is run multiple experiments learn from each one, throw away the ones that don't work, keep the ones that do, and that will lead to improved conversion rate, better um, uh, uh, customer satisfaction, um, uh, more um, conversions, whatever it is. And uh, that worked very, very well uh, for, for that client, uh, but it did require the, the leadership to, and, and the leadership of both the technology side and the business side uh, to endorse this different way of objective setting. Yeah, that, that, I like it. That idea of, of um, making it safe by putting in, making it experiments as a, as a framing is something we talked about before. And we'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. Uh, uh, we did an episode called Worthy Aliens <laughs> and talking about three ways to seek safety. And 
that kind of experimentation frame uh, is is one of the things we talked about. And also that's implicit in Toyota Kata as well. So you and I are very much um, talking on the same page. Now, it's this idea of what not being the laws of physics, I think it's worth saying you, you do have a nice test for it, uh, which uh, which is about um, the, the, the independence day test, as I think is what you call it. Absolutely. So um, listeners uh, who haven't seen the movie Independence Day are at a slight disadvantage, but that's okay because you've probably seen some movie um, that's um, uh, cl- cl- uh, classic science fiction B movie plot, a, a trope is that the aliens turn up one day and they park spaceships over every uh, city on Earth. And in the, the actual movie, they just start shooting because they're evil aliens, and that's the, the conceit of the movie. But imagine they turned up and they said, uh, now we're going to start shooting unless you produce a um, re- revised um, login system uh, that is uh, easier for customers and less frustrating, and you have it by Friday. And um, that gives you a really good distinguish. Uh, if you do that thought experiment, it really helps you to think through what would be involved in doing whatever it is and whether it violates the laws of physics. Because if they turn up and they say, uh, "What we want is um, fusion power that um, has a positive result that gives gives more energy than you're putting into it," um, human beings don't know how to do that yet. We we can't. Ex- we, we we might discover that tomorrow. We d- might discover it a thousand years from now. We we don't know. We're working toward it. We've made a little progress recently, but. Um, if the aliens showed up and said they want to see that by Friday, it, it would be wise for us to evacuate the cities, right? We, we, would, we would not um, uh, be able to show it to them. However, if they said, uh, what I want is an um, uh, uh, e-commerce platform that uh, uses this particular point of service uh, um, payment platform, uh, and I'd like to have that by Friday, then you might say something like, yeah, but it'll only work in one shop, or uh, yes, um, I, we can do that, but it'll be full of bugs, or um, we, we can work on that, but we'll need to drop all our other tasks. And those trade-offs is often exactly what, uh, the, it's the productive conflict, it's the outcome that you'd like to hear about, because many times those uh, trade-offs are actually valid. Those are actually worth doing. So the Independence Day test gives you a way to distinguish unrealistic, actually impossible demands, which we want to filter out, and demands that are really uncomfortable produce interesting conflict in our worthwhile experiments. Yep, I, I love it. So I think that's that's kind of our little mini series here, uh, which we kind of stumbled into with the over the last three weeks. We talked first about the value of being wrong, <laughs> and then we said if you want to go faster, go sooner. And now we're saying here's steps to make it safe to go sooner, to go faster, which is about then being wrong and learning faster to to be better. So that's I, to me, there's a kind of a nice little mini series there. I, I'd I'd love to hear what uh, what our listeners think about that. Fantastic. And we got to that mini-series by recording the first one and then seeing where we went. We didn't make a, a detailed plan of how to get there. So we're, we're doing what we say uh, that you should do. Agile conversations with Agile conversations. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, speaking of that, uh, if listeners are interested in this topic, want to debate it with us, want to disagree with us, want to tell us about their challenges in creating a safety net for uh, going faster and going sooner, uh, don't wait. Uh, go soon. Uh, go now to agileconversations.com where you will find lots of information about us and uh, free videos and all kinds of cool stuff, including how to get in touch with us. Uh, Twitter, email, carrier pigeon, you name it, it's on there. So uh, we love hearing from listeners. That's where we get a lot of our best uh, uh, episodes from. And, of course, the other way to keep in touch is uh, show up again here next week. Wherever you found us, we'll be here again next Wednesday with another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.